Hello again. Welcome. All right, so here's part two of episode two, essentially. Um, and I wanted to talk about why Jesus. All right, so we're going to have to just go back to the beginning of the world, <laughs> of earth, of everything, creation. Um, and I'll do my best to just make this simple. Okay. Um, so the word, the Bible actually says that the lamb was slain before the foundations of the world, meaning Jesus and God had a conversation before they, he even created the universe and the world and earth. I imagine it went something like this. Hey, Jesus, I want to create an earth and I'm going to give them free will so that when they choose to follow me, it's genuine. But Jesus said, you know, if you give them free will, they're going to go crazy and rebel and do whatever they want. And God said, yeah. And Jesus was like, well, how are we going to make them right again? And it was agreed between them that he would go down and give his life for us. So the lamb was slain before the foundations of the world. Um, it's a little confusing that um, everything has already already happened in the world from beginning to end, start to finish. That's why the book of Revelations tells us how it ends. Like, we don't have to guess. We know. Like, God tells us how it ends because it's already ended. We're just on act two of the script right now. Like, there's three acts. I don't know how many acts there are, but just for this conversation, let's pretend there's an act one, two, and three, and we're currently filming act two. But it's all already actually happened and been filmed, but where we are in time and space in our little world as we know it, we're on act two. Um, so in the Bible, when someone prophesied about the future, they weren't making a prediction. They weren't saying, I'm prophesying that this will someday happen. No, they were actually getting to look at the script. They were getting to watch the film of act three, even though they were only in act one. So when they were saying, oh, there will be a man come someday and it will be God and he will be the Messiah and die for our sins. They weren't guessing and hoping. They were saying, oh, I've watched the film already. I got a preview. That's what a prophet was. They got a preview of what's to come in the future. And they said, a man will come and die for our sins and he will be the lamb of God, Jesus. He, the metaphor lamb is because in the Old Testament they slayed and sacrificed animals. They had to sacrifice an animal, a pure, spotless animal, to cleanse them. The blood shed from that animal. It had to be pure and perfect. And why did they have to kill an animal? Because blood, blood essentially equals life. If you take blood out of something, it's dead. It cannot survive. You can take someone's organs out and they could still survive, but they cannot survive without blood. Um, if a person gets injured and they lose too much blood, they die. Life is in the blood. And so a, a pure life had to be sacrificed to atone for sins, for destruction, for darkness, for death, um, to set everything right again each day. But when Jesus came and shed his own blood, that's also why he had to be completely obedient and never sin. When he died on the cross, he shed his blood once and for all. Um, and the shedding of his blood 
covered all sins. Um, so let's back up to the beginning. In Genesis, God created the earth and he created Adam and he put him in a garden and he um, he put two trees there. The trees um, represented free will and the power of choice, of choosing if they wanted to serve God or something else. Um, as you know the story, or if you don't, there were two trees in the garden, the tree of life, which represented God's kingdom, which was freedom, light, harmony, peace, order, love, endless options, no worries, no sin, no pain, no death. All options bring life in, in that world. There's no separation from the spiritual dimensions. There was communication with animals, with each other, um, with creation, literally like mountains and waves and trees and rocks. We could speak to everything. There was no separation, no division. It was all harmony. Um, and then there was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And it essentially represented Satan's world, which is darkness, death, slavery, destruction, um, chaos, pain, murder, rape lies, loss, depression, addiction, suicide. Um, you had, you didn't have freedom of choice in that kingdom and every choice would bring destruction. Um, sorry, in the, in, in God's kingdom, God literally said, eat from any tree, run wild. They were naked, by the way. He didn't say cover up, like run wild, have fun. There were no rules on them except one which was don't eat from that tree over there. Otherwise, they had unlimited options, unlimited potential to do whatever their little hearts could think of. But then over here in Satan's kingdom, on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, every option would bring destruction. You couldn't make a choice to do something right. It was always, always going to be total destruction. Um, and God said, if you eat from that tree... That tree represents death. So if you choose that tree, that will be what you choose for your life, which is death. Um, and it wasn't just a um, don't eat from this tree or eat from this tree. There was also Satan who that the world that he represented, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, when he came to seduce Eve, and trick her and deceive her into eating from that tree he wasn't just saying hey choose this choose this destruction over here he was essentially getting her to disobey god and obey him instead and so loyalty and authority switched from god to satan satan now had authority god gave the authority to adam and eve for the earth and said, rule over the earth, um, have dominion over the animals and, and the plants and the land, take care of it, nurture it, and work work it like it was work it. <laughs> no, it was a good thing. Like he created this awesome environment, this awesome world and atmosphere to where they could go create and do whatever they wanted. But when they went over here and, and listened to Satan, they gave up that authority and it now became Satan's. Now Satan became the ruler over the dominion of earth. The Bible says Satan is the prince of this world. Um, 
And so because they didn't listen to God and they gave that authority to Satan, destruction followed. And um, because of that, in, in Romans 6.23, it says, the wages of sin is death. Okay, so because they ate from that, death now followed. And because Adam and Eve were the first um, humans, everyone that came after them was naturally born with this sin within them. They were infected with sin from birth. David says somewhere in the Old Testament, surely I was sinful at conception, meaning he came out of his womb, even as a tiny little infant, he was already infected with sin before he made any choices. That was what Adam and Eve set us all up for when they ate from that tree, was from then on, everyone after them, which is all of humanity and all of creation, would be infected and corrupted with sin. So people that want to say, um, you know, I'm a good person. I've lived a good life. I don't need a savior. You do, because even if you are a kind person and a nice person, you can't disinfect yourself. There has been something in your life, even if and you have always tried to do the right thing, there's still sometimes where you have made a choice that even is a simple, small thing, it still would have separated us from the holiness of God because God never, ever sins, ever. And if we even do something one slightly thing off, that would have separated us from the goodness of God. And so even if you had lived perfectly, you were born into sin because you were born from humans, which is why Jesus had to be born of a virgin because sin passes down through the man. And if a man had laid with a woman, she would have, her womb would have been infected with sin. But that's why God chose a virgin, Mary, and put his Holy Spirit seed inside of her, not the seed of a man. And Jesus, he, even though he was God, when he came to earth, to be our sacrifice and our savior, he gave up his superpowers, essentially. I'm just going to call it superpowers because <laughs> it makes it more easy to discuss. Jesus had all power still, but he gave up that power and authority and subjected himself to God's absolute plan and would only ever do something if he heard his father in heaven say, do this here. Do this now. As you know, in, in the New Testament, Jesus fasted for 40 days. And when he fasted, at the end of that, he was super hungry, super weak. Satan came to tempt him. And I mean, it's hard for me to resist a donut, even after I've eaten. You know what I mean? Like, can you imagine not eating for 40 days? And then Satan come along and say, hey, turn that stone into bread. And knowing you could, like you have that ability. But Jesus never used his superpowers, his supernatural abilities outside of the will of the Father. So if he would have listened to Satan, which honestly, turning stone to a bread isn't morally good or bad, by the way. Like it's not a sin to turn the stone to bread. The sin would have been obeying Satan because that instruction didn't come from God to turn that stone into bread. So as small act as turning a stone into bread without the father telling him to do that, that right there would have canceled the whole entire mission of Jesus. It would have canceled out Jesus's ability to die on the cross for us. He would have now become sinful the same way we are if he would have listened to Satan. 
like he would not have been a spotless, pure lamb and his death on the cross wouldn't have um, mattered. That's why no one before Jesus and no one since Jesus has ever been born without sin and could have died on the cross for us. Like if I'm, it's like five, five friends go in and rob a bank, but only two get caught. And then one of the other friends goes before the judge and says, hey, I want to take the, the place of my friend in, in prison. And the judge goes, but hey, you were actually involved with the robbery too. You can't take his place. You actually have to pay for your own crime. You're arrested too. And he gets thrown into jail. And then maybe one of the, a father of one of the criminals comes and he says, um, I would like to take the place of my son um, that's in prison for committing this robbery. And the judge looks at him and goes, you know what? You were rude to your neighbor last week. You have to pay for your own crime. Like essentially everyone has their own sin to pay for. No one could pay for themselves. No one could be made righteous on their own. We were all infected with sin from birth. None of us could stand before God and, and say, hey, I did all these good things. Can I get into heaven? No. God in his goodness and in his love for us planned before the foundations of the world. He said in, in his infinite wisdom, he knew that essentially we were going to fall and that he still wanted to make a way for us to hang out with him, to have relationship with him, to be with him. And the only way he was going to do that is if he went himself and made a sacrifice like that alone just blows my mind. Like, I mean, I, you've probably heard of or seen like the TV show called Undercover Boss. Like, can you imagine owning something and going in and watching the people that you're over in the, like you have authority over, but pretending like you don't have authority over them, pretending like they know more than you about your own business. Like Jesus did that. He humbled himself. What scripture is that? There's scripture that, um, in Philippians 2, 5 through 8, have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even on a cross. So Jesus, God, he just, like I said, he gave up all his superpowers to come and, and die on the cross for us. And, and God sent him. The world was already under wrath. Like if you were born and you haven't accepted Jesus, you're already in wrath. You're already condemned. Like I don't have to tell you that you're condemned. You already are. Jesus didn't come to say you're condemned. They were already condemned. He came to say you have been condemned already. But if you choose to follow me, you will be saved. In John 3, 17, says, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Meaning like, God already knew that everyone from then on was under darkness, was under the dominion of sin because of Adam and Eve's choice and the infection of everybody with sin. And so when he sent Jesus, it was, I've longed like to have relationship with you believe in my son because when he dies on the cross his blood covers all of sin because for since death came through a man adam the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man jesus for as in adam all die so in christ all will be made alive 
So if all of humanity fell because of Adam's choice, if all of humanity accepts Jesus, they will be saved. God made that sacrifice for everyone and anyone who believes and calls on the name of Jesus. It is not just for some people here or there. If people reject Jesus, it's not because God wants them to reject him. It's because the word says they love darkness more than light. It's like a great light came into the world, but people love the darkness more than they love the light. Like there's certain um, religions, religious sects out there that are um, called like Calvinism and stuff that, that say God chooses who becomes saved. And I just disagree with that because Jesus said anyone who calls on the name of the Lord in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That anyone who believes in him shall perish, shall not perish, but have eternal life. And so that means anybody. If anyone chooses to believe in Jesus, and so some people say God doesn't open the eyes of everyone. I believe he has opened the eyes of everyone to the fact that we are sinful and we need a savior. And if your eyes are open right now and you're hearing me say this, you have the opportunity to say, okay, I choose Jesus. I choose to accept his sacrifice on the cross for me. I choose to lay down my life for him and follow him. And you are now a believer in Jesus. Like what it requires is you putting aside your pride. It doesn't require you to suddenly be awesome and never sin again. It requires you putting your faith and your trust in Jesus. And anyone can do that. Right now, you can do that. As you're listening to me, you can accept Jesus and you are now a follower of Jesus. Now, it's a process of like renewing your mind and walking it out which is challenging, but Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit to help us do that, um, to help guide us. And he gives us his word, which I think it's in Romans. It says, don't be trans, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So from here on out, it's a process of daily renewing your mind in the way that God had originally planned for us to be out of the old programs we had that we came out of the womb and the world put on us from birth of like, this is the way you do this, and this is the way you do that. It is a process of relearning the way the kingdom of heaven is supposed to be and the way God originally designed earth to be. Because um, Jesus, in Colossians 1.13, it says, For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So this is why I believe in Jesus and this is why I believe in the Bible. And from here on out, um, when I refer to certain things, I just want you to know the foundation that none of us could make ourselves right. None of us could be good enough. There is no other religion, no other spirituality. Satan has been around since the beginning of time. Okay, he was there in the garden when Eve and Adam sinned and the fall of humanity started. And from then on, Satan has created all types of false religions to confuse people and keep them from the truth. That is, Jesus is the Son of God, and his death on the cross is the only way you will ever be cleansed and purified from your sins and, and have a relationship with God. Scripture says Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. You can't go to the Father through Buddha. You can't go through the to the Father through crystals. 
you can go through astrology, through psychics. There's so much misleading and so much deception, which, by the way, Muslims believe in Allah and they try to say Allah is the same as God. That's false. Allah is actually a demon, a false God, a false idol. And how do I know this? Why do I say that? Because Muslims don't confess or acknowledge that Jesus is the son of God. So if Allah was God, then Jesus would be the son of Allah and Jesus would have died on the cross for our sins and they would be able to say that. They don't. They just say Jesus was another prophet and they trust in what Muhammad said, which Paul says, which Muhammad said an angel came to him and showed him all this truth and he started Islam. Paul says in scripture, if an angel comes to me and preaches another gospel other than that of Jesus Christ, that angel is not from God. That that angel is masquerading and it's actually, he's Satan, which it says in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, that Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. So Satan came to Muhammad masquerading as an angel and said, worship Allah and that Jesus was just a prophet. He wasn't really the son of God. So tons of Muslims are deceived into thinking that they're worshiping the God of the universe. They're not. They're worshiping a false idol. Allah is a false idol. And so so is, uh, you know, Hinduism that have tons of false gods and spirits and Brahman, Vishnu, Krishna, all these things and the caste system and reincarnation. That's another false religion made up by Satan to keep people distracted from the truth, which is all they need is Jesus. Like Satan is, is a mastermind manipulator. He's clever. He's way smarter than you and I. He's been around since the beginning of time. He's studied humans. He knows our weaknesses. He knows how to deceive us. He knows how gullible we are. He knows how to manipulate our emotions, our feelings, our wounds, our hormones, anything. So don't think you're smarter than Satan, okay? Jesus is, and Jesus was obedient. And you know what's what I love about Jesus is that Satan thought he was winning when Jesus was hanging on the cross. Satan was like, I got him to crucify the Son of God. This is awesome. Satan thought he won. But then plot twist, that is when Jesus, he that was actually the plan of God to pay for the sins of the world, to pay for the wages of sin, which is death. Jesus's death paid for everybody's sins. And all we have to do is trust in him and put our faith in him. Because then three days later, he rose from the grave. He overcame death even. Um, essentially, God created this world to have intimacy with us, to love us, to have relationship. He has plans for each person he creates. A purpose that's supposed to be fulfilling, challenging, but fulfilling, and a peace that transcends human understanding. That it's like, you know, this doesn't make sense to my logical mind that I can see with my natural eyes and hear with my natural ears, but I have a peace in my soul that just tells me it's all going to work out. And God is so good. And there's there's a lot of scripture that's confusing because it seems like, wow, I can't believe God would do that. But God is just, just, God is, I don't know the word I'm looking for. God is just. <laughs> he is merciful. He is kind. And if he ever does anything that seems crazy to us, I'm 
just trusting we don't know the full story and we couldn't see the hearts of the people that he may be killed or had slaughtered um because like in my own human nature i'm like wow that's just seems evil but god in his goodness who's way higher than than i am who's way more intelligent than i am i'm gonna trust that he knows what he's doing and if he did something it was called for um i could be prideful and say i'm oh i'm more just than god yeah i'm not gonna believe in him because i would never do that to somebody that's arrogance and that's pride you are not more morally righteous than god you are not more understanding or compassionate than god um I honestly believe the biggest thing that blocks people from a relationship with God is religious people with a religious spirit who just use scripture to essentially stab people in the heart rather than giving them truth and grace and love. But then the other thing that blocks people is pride. Like there's so many people out there that think they're so clever. Like I'll just watch discussions on like TikTok or YouTube between like an atheist and just another person. And you can tell they think they're so wise and that they're, they've got something figured out that someone else didn't really figure out. And ultimately, faith is not having all the answers or knowing every solution to everything. There's no person with every answer. And if we say God doesn't even exist, they're still evil. What's your reason for that? Like people say, I can't trust in a God who allows suffering. Okay, well, there's no God. Who do you blame for the suffering now? It's still there. Um, ultimately, Satan causes the evil and the destruction and the suffering. And we need God to empower us to overcome it. I believe there's way more destruction happening right now because of the arrogance of people refusing Jesus and his power to transform them. And God had a purpose for them to help stop the evil of this earth. But instead of asking Jesus to help them overcome, they instead say, no, I don't want to believe in Jesus at all. Forget it all. It's just all evil and I'm going to do my own thing. Well, there's people out there like in captivity or maybe sex trafficking or whatever that are still suffering because you haven't answered the call from God to go be a part of stopping it. Like God empowers all of us and equips all of us with different gifts and authority through him that will help us overcome things. But if we aren't even accepting Jesus, we're not going to overcome those things. Um, and pride blocks people from that. So ultimately, this was what I wanted to talk about why I believe in Jesus, um, that God loved us. And when, and when people try to say God hates you, I'm like God wouldn't send some, his only son to die for you if he hated you why God hates sin and how it separates us from him. So he sent his son to die for us so that we could have a relationship with him. Like, I'll be honest, if someone, if I was in a relationship with someone and they cheated on me, I would not send my best friend, my sister, my child. I wouldn't send anybody to take their place so that I could make that relationship right again. I'd be like, nah, you, you made your bed, lay in it. Stay away from me. You cheated on me. But God, in his never-ending mercy and compassion and love for us, he made the way so that we could come back to him and have a relationship. Like, my mind just can't even grasp that or fathom the depth of that. Sometimes I do, and I'm just so overwhelmed with his love for us that I just cry at the idea of us ever choosing anything other than him. Like, how could we neglect the love and the power 
and kindness of God. It's unfathomable, really. And if we all genuinely showed the love of God and the love of Jesus to everyone around us, yes, there would still be people who rejected it. But there, I believe there would be so many more people who choose it. Because, like, why would you not choose the thing that created you and has designed an amazing life for you? Why would you reject that? Anybody with a brain who can see clearly would not reject that. Like, to this thing made you and be like, nah, you don't know what you're doing. I'm not going to follow you. Like, right there. I can't explain why anyone would reject that. Except the word says that people love darkness more than the light. That's why. Because they want something temporary, temporary pleasure. Um, and that's why they make those choices. But if you hear this and you hear me talking and you feel God saying, I'm talking to you right now and I'm telling you, accept my son Jesus because I've been waiting since you were born to have a relationship with you. You can do that right now. Even if you're like, I don't fully understand. I'm not sure I really understand the whole thing of God, Jesus dying on a cross. It all sounds kind of weird, but okay, God, I'm going to choose to put my faith in Jesus. Will you help me understand? Will you open my eyes and my ears and save me from myself? Save me from my sin. Jesus will save you right now. And so that's what I wanted to talk about today. And... I could keep going. There's so much in the Bible. I was trying to prepare for this this morning and I just started crying with how much I want to say about God and Jesus in the Bible and how it feels so overwhelming with all that is in here that because in my mind, I'm like, God, if we just if we just showed them, if we just laid it out for them, then like so many would come to believe in you. Um and that's how I think. Like I sometimes imagine the people who might make fun of me or hate on me or whatever. Um, but then I think of all the people who might hear this and come to know Jesus. And those are the people I get super excited about, like coming to know Jesus. I I could only be, I just would be honored if someone hears this and comes to know Jesus. Like there would be no greater joy in my life than to help someone come to know Jesus. Um and as I started this podcast and I shared with you, you know, my flaws, I'm not perfect. I'm still trying to walk this out. I'm still growing. I'm still learning. There's still so many things in me. Jesus needs to heal. Um, but this is the foundation that I wanted to establish going forward so that if you listen and you follow it all, you'll know what I'm coming from in the future. Um, be blessed. And um, my next episode, I do want to talk about my own journey unless God gives me a different direction. But I want to talk about my own journey with same-sex attraction um, and just things he's revealed to me over the last year and a half uh, that gave me kind of um, some ideas of really why certain things are the way they are. And it's really helped give language to certain feelings I feel in situations that I'm like, I know this has happened before, but why? Um, so I'm going to share all that in the next episode, hopefully. But thank you for listening. And if you made it this far, I thank you so much. Like, I know I said a lot. I rambled. Um, I just pray that what I'm saying makes peace. And I've been praying that the Holy Spirit, just if someone is takes the time to listen to this, that it might help give them 
um, to see scripture in a way they haven't yet or give them some insight. But overall, I want people to know how much God loves us and what he did so that we could experience that love. Like he made the arrangements himself. We didn't do it. He did. All we have to do is accept that gift. Um, so I hope you accept it. Have a lovely day. Bye.